This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. My brand new book, Midwife Pip's Guide to a Positive Birth, is now available. So much more than a book, this is a guide that allows me to hold your hand through your birth preparation journey. With over a decade of experience and knowledge packed in to ensure you really are empowered in the way you deserve to achieve a positive birth, regardless of the twists and turns that crop up. Make sure that you get your hands on Midwife Pip's Guide to a Positive Birth Book now and are empowered to have the birth experience that you deserve. Hello, I'm Pip and welcome to the Midwife Pip podcast, the home of expert information and real chats on all things pregnancy, birth and beyond. Remember, as a podcast listener, you can get 15% off my online courses at midwifepip.com using the code PODCAST15. Any parent of a toddler will know well that they are small people with the biggest of feelings. And when the dreaded toddler tantrums hit, it can be tough to navigate your way through. Dr. Catherine is joining me today. She is a general and consulting paediatrician with more than 33 years of experience, the author of two parenting books, the mother of four amazing adult children, the creator of The Healthiest Baby on Instagram, and the host of the Toddlers Made Easy podcast. Now, Catherine, thank you for coming on to join me. As I just mentioned to you, me and my husband absolutely love your Instagram page. It is full of awesome wisdom. So I'm really excited to get to pick your brains on the podcast today. Thank you. And thank you for inviting me. Very excited to talk to you. So first of all, let's jump straight in. Toddler behavior. What age does this typically creep in? Typically, it can creep in as early as 18 months. So children at that age, although people typically think of the terrible twos, typically it is a little bit earlier where you start to get some oppositional behavior. And that means kids saying no or doing the opposite of what you ask them and just start uh, stomping their foot down. Inserting their little independence. <laughs> it's all good fun, yes, isn't it? exactly. It's all good fun. Um, why do toddlers have these tantrums, Catherine? And are they normal or is it something that we're doing wrong as parents? I think it's very important to reframe tantrums. Mm. Just even saying, is it something we're doing wrong? You know, this is a very common sentiment, but tantrums are completely normal and they're healthy and they're natural. When you think of it, toddlers, they don't have the speech. They don't have the words to tell you they're upset and they don't have impulse control. So the only way for these difficult feelings to come out is through something like a tantrum. And rather than feeling like, am I doing something wrong or these are a problem? It's really important to just see them as natural and healthy. Now, that doesn't mean we can't influence how a tantrum 
sort of evolves, but you are not, parents are by no means the reason why children have a tantrum. That's really nice to hear, isn't it? Because we've all been in the supermarket when our little one starts having a bit of a meltdown and you feel like everybody's eyes are on you in that moment and judging you and you just want to like curl into a corner and hide. So it's a really, really so tough It's one. like the paparazzi. Yeah. It feels that way, doesn't it? It feels that way. And, and you hope that other parents are like, oh, you know, I, I get it. I feel for them. But you can't help but feel like, oh yes. my goodness, everyone thinks right now that I am the worst parent in the world. <laughs> Well, so, everybody's eyes are on you because it is fascinating to watch one evolve and how parents deal with it. I know, isn't it? And so much pressure for those parents that are then trying to do the thing that you, you think know. everyone thinks is acceptable. So what are the do's, Catherine, of managing a toddler tantrum? So there we are, middle of the supermarket, eyes on you. What would you recommend we do? Well, the very first thing is I would realize, although we are not at fault for a tantrum whatsoever, we do influence how long or how intense a tantrum is, or at least let's say we can influence. Mm -hmm. So I, I like to think of tantrums as like a dance and there's two of you participating in this dance and how the dance looks is partly related to your input into it. So it's really, that's really good news because it means you can influence the tantrum and make it a shorter or less intense one, not all the time, but some of the time. So the first thing is to try to take that moment to calm yourself down. We're human. Our nervous system gets revved up just like our kids does. And we need to find ways to de-escalate so we bring some calm to the tantrum. So I really encourage parents to take a moment. If there's no emergency, everybody's safe, take a moment and figure out what works best for you to calm down because you are going to get revved up. You're going to have that fight or flight response, just like your kid. And we need to learn how to bring it down. So that might be deep breathing. It might be a mantra, but create a space between your child's behavior and your reaction to it. Mm, that's so that would be advice. the first thing. I imagine if the we next get thing stressed. is just, to... I was going to say, I imagine if we get stressed, then they get more stressed. Right. And we end up in this like crazy cycle exactly. of everyone getting worse. Exactly. Because I'm sure, you know, everybody's heard of what a baby's brain being under or a toddler's brain being under construction. Mm -hmm. And so since they can't talk themselves down, we need to bring the calm to it so we can help their nervous system calm down. So that's where, you know, being a little bit more intentional and thinking of ways to calm yourself down and practicing it before you're in a tantrum so that you're good at calming yourself down. And you're not going to be able to do it every time. I mean, we're human, but hopefully most of the time and hopefully it gets easier. So other do's of a tantrum is you stay close to your child. The days of sending them off to their room and punishment have been shown really not to be helpful. And again, realize that they're normal. And I'd also realize that tantrums have a pattern. They're sort of a combination of anger and sadness Early on, the anger is going to be the strongest emotion, but then it'll evolve into the sadness or the more whiny stage. It's at that point where you can intervene. If you try and intervene in the more angry phase, it's just going to aggravate your child. But if you wait for that over the peak of the anger, you can then step in in ways that help resolve it or calm it down. 
I use a little acronym with parents to help remember sort of steps to do to help bring down a, a tantrum. So I use an acronym EASY. And shall I go through that with you oh, now? Oh, please do. Yeah, I'm taking notes. <laughs> so I found when I was a medical student, I was a new mom at that time, and I was so tired and I had this foggy mom brain and I needed to learn ways to come up with uh, good answers quickly. And I found the same thing was true, the same feeling with tantrum. So I came up with the acronym EASY. And EASY stands for, first of all, E is for evaluate. And that's where we're evaluating our own response and making sure we calm down. The A is for acknowledging feelings. And this is a super important piece in helping a child feel better. So we all want to feel understood when we're upset. And so acknowledging really just means saying something as simple as you seem really angry or you're really angry, Jacks, grab the truck out of your hand. It's actually been shown that when you do that, the brain actually secretes calming hormones that help you calm down. Mm. And then Although I really like a gentle approach, I do think it's very important we still teach right from wrong and parents that are taking a gentle approach shouldn't forget the importance of that stage because your child really needs you to be in control. So the S is about sticking to your boundaries. So you've acknowledged your child's feelings and now you're going to put the limits. So I get it. You're angry. I understand but it's not okay to throw your toy. And I'm going to just move you over here to keep everybody safe. Mm. So at this point, we've calmed down before we've entered into the problem. We've acknowledged our child's feelings. We've set the limits. And the final thing to help sort of move beyond the tantrum is the why of easy, and that's for yes. And that means for finding the thing your child can do. So while you can't throw the truck, let's come on over here and will color and make draw a truck, you know, just something that helps your child learn, well, I can't do this, I can do that. Oh, I love that. So that's, that's really nice. Easy isn't it? Acronym. That's really nice and really easy to remember, which is what we need as <laughs> parents with that tired, tired brain in an emotive environment. So that is an awesome tip. Thank you. So keeping our calm and using that easy acronym when those toddler emotions get a little bit intense that's fantastic definitely something I'm going to be using practically um with our little one and then what about the don'ts Catherine are there any things that we should really try our utmost to not do when tantrums hit another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where Bank of America can help for your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Sure, there certainly are. I First, I would start with having realistic expectations. So don't expect things that your child actually isn't developmentally ready for. And that's a really common mistake. Um, but other more common things are keeping your don't get annoyed, don't give a time out. Um, don't try and comfort your child too early in the tantrum because that often aggravates them. Mm -hmm. Don't give repeated warnings like if you don't stop, I'm gonna blah, 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 blah. Um, 
Don't bribe your toddler to stop the tantrum. Don't try and teach lessons during a tantrum. Mm -hmm. And don't ask your child why something happened. They Young toddlers don't have insight into their themselves and they can't answer that question. So there's a lot of things not to do. And unfortunately, a lot of them are, are knee-jerk reactions just from how we were raised. Mm. But that's where that very first step of sort of calming down and being more intentional will help you not knee-jerk. Mm, that's that's really does that give advice. you yeah that's really helpful because like you say quite often when they you know they do something your immediate thing because if an adult did something a little bit out the normal yes. you would ask them why they did that and to explain their behavior exactly. so we kind of try and do that with our toddlers that are like I don't know why either I'm just this little person with these crazy feelings exactly <laughs> So talking about these small people, Catherine, having these wild emotions that they're expressing in their own little way, how can we as their parents help them to manage some of that when they don't really understand it themselves yet? So you can help kids manage their ex manage their emotions by modeling good behaviors yourself by showing kids I think that's probably one of the most important points that we forget as parents that the biggest lessons and I've certainly seen this with my children who are all now adults is you can see yourself in them and these aren't things you taught them that's stuff they picked up and so behaving well so your kids learn those behaviors Again, it's something to just become more thoughtful about is how do I handle my anger? How do I treat people in a restaurant when I'm not happy with, you know, my meal? And just to pay more attention to our own behavior, because those are powerful and long lasting lessons. But otherwise, also realistic expectations. And, you know, when kids are little, there's so much talk about sitting milestones and walking milestones and speech milestones, but you don't really hear a lot about toddler milestones. Mm -hmm. And I'd encourage parents to take some time and actually read about when do kids learn to share? When do kids learn emotional control? Because studies have shown, and I did a poll in my office and it showed parents expect it way too early. Most of these, the emotional control um, sharing they don't happen till you're about three and a half to four years of age wow. and that's just the beginning of them happening so i i just make sure that you're realistic also realistic your grocery shopping it's been 45 minutes your kid's gonna get antsy expect it so being proactive is also helpful sorry you told that's me okay. not to do that <laughs> <laughs> they're welcome to join um, <laughs> <laughs> well it's my daughter and she's pregnant so oh, she would be good to join she's in the right place <laughs> um, yeah other things are naming feelings is a very powerful way of helping children to understand their feelings uh, it's great reading books about feelings putting uh just in including it in your conversation you know a dog is getting all wild talk about the dog's feelings mm. and um but Basically, kids will learn to deal with their emotions as they mature and get older and develop their speech. But these are the steps you can do to help them on the way. Mm, that's really interesting. It's, it's one of those things, isn't it, that we we can physically see when our child can sit up unaided and they can crawl and they can walk. Exactly. 
But dealing with those uh, those emotions and those feelings is a whole different thing because we don't have a measuring tape in the same way we might do when it comes to them them sitting up. So it can be so much more difficult. And you're right, you know, my little boy is 17 months, Catherine, and I very much expect him to be sharing uh, and explaining things to me that is obviously not within his grasp yet. But we are... Yes. We are, um, I guess, where we are their biggest cheerleaders, aren't we? We really want them to do well and succeed and thrive. We kind of almost put a little bit too much pressure on too early. I'm sure lots of us are guilty of that. But I think that's a great way to see it as the cheerleader. So you're not the teacher because kids do learn by trial and error. But uh, although you're also the teacher, but being their cheerleader on the sidelines is a great way to see our role, especially with toddlers. But also, when I say about having realistic expectations, that doesn't mean you shouldn't teach them about sharing or taking turns, but you just shouldn't expect it and then get angry when it doesn't happen. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. Do it, role model it, but don't necessarily expect it to be um, kind of replicated imminently. It'll come with with time, I guess, and with yeah. repeat exposure to those those experiences. Catherine, you are so full of wisdom. Now, everyone that comes on the pod- podcast, I asked to finish with three top tips. So I wondered if you could share your three top tips to managing our toddlers as parents so any parents listening can take these tips home with them. Well, these are things we've already said that I'm going to repeat. And that is uh, the first one is realistic expectations. And I I mean that in very practical terms. So if you're shopping for a long time, involve your, it doesn't mean you can't shop for a long time, but know your kids' limits and don't think, oh, they should be able to do this or that. Mm. If they can't, they can't. Um, Come prepared. Like if you're going to a situation where you're expecting your child to sit still and they won't sit still, come prepared for it. So be realistic uh, in what you're expecting of them and then involve them so that they're less likely to get bored. The next is again, and it's I we talked about it, but it's so important is to be a good example. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean to beat yourself up when you're not, but just to become more conscious of those little less, actually they're big lessons that your kids learn from how you interact with the world on a day-to-day basis. And lastly is I really encourage you to think of tantrums as normal and healthy and expected they're going to happen you don't have to feel like i need to stop the tantrums from happening they're going to happen they're natural i love that that acceptance of actually these are inevitable and i'm going to use these tools and techniques to navigate through them and also if i see another mum who is managing her toddler tantrum i'm going to give her a big smile so she doesn't feel judged or or like the paparazzi are all looking at her that's so is important, isn't it? Is to, you know, we've all been there. Doesn't matter what generation, we've all had kids act up in public or act out. I certainly have, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Catherine, thank you so much for your time and letting me steal away from your busy, busy schedule. For anyone listening who isn't following Dr. Catherine, make sure you check out the episode description for her fantastic podcast and Instagram account with lots and lots of wisdom around managing our little people. Thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. Before you head off, I just need to tell you something. 68% of you who listen to my podcast have not hit the subscribe button. So can you do me a favor if you have ever enjoyed listening and hit subscribe now? It makes a huge difference and helps me to keep bringing you episodes. 
The bigger the podcast, the bigger the guests, and the more women we can reach and help. Thank you for subscribing, and I look forward to chatting again soon.